This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 236, brought to you by InStock Trades and iFanboy listeners like you. I know this pain. Why do you lock yourself up in these chains? No one can change your life except for you. Don't ever let anyone step all over you. Is it really fair to feel this way inside? Oh, some days, 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 some
welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 236. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and I'm here with Ron Richards. Hello. And filling in for Josh, who is off in the wilds of Maine, is Captain of the Seas, Admiral Paul Montgomery. You mind if I eat while we do this? Yes. <laughs> okay. It's not considered good podcasting. It's not I need s'mores. Your professional demeanor is for I was like, what's around? Chocolate, graham crackers, so it's, I need s'mores. Take it from... Take from two guys who tried that. Yes, it doesn't work. And got okay. the emails. <laughs> we're sorry. <laughs> the cookies were good, though. We are at fanboy.com. We like comics. We read comics. Every week we read a bunch of comics. Some weeks it's a lot of comics. One of us picks the best one they read. They write about the website. We talk about it in the podcast along with the other books of the week, other topics of interest, all kinds of fun stuff. And before we get to the show, we'd like to remind you, give you a quick warning that this is a review show. So we'll be talking about the books of the week. There'll be spoilers. So if you haven't read your books, pause the show, come back, or just skip the section with the books you haven't read yet. It'll be more fun for all of us. And again, less emails. That's all, all we're trying to do at this point in our lives is reduce the amount of emails. Yes, exactly. Please stop writing. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. We're going to tell them to keep writing. So, yes. oh, shit. Okay. Just oh. certain kind of emails. Yeah. Complaining. <laughs> this week, Ron, you had the, the glorious uh, honor of reading 20-plus books and making their pick of the week. Yes, I did. And, and uh, I was saying, we were talking before the show, I was saying that I had a ton of books. And I, I, I felt as if it was one of those weeks where there was, there, there was no, like, no book really like, you know, ran up to me and pulled my pants down. You know, it was it was a lot of you know books that came over and just put their armor on me, and, and we had a good time together. Um, interesting. That was interesting. It was it was a big, it was a big week of books. It, it was, was a big week of books. Had yeah. a lot. I had to get and, like and it was also like it was spread thin across different for me at least across different universes, like across different like character groups. You know, like last week was like pretty much for me was dominated by Avengers books and the whole and all that right. sort of stuff. But like this week, I got had a little Vertigo action, I had a little DC, a little Green Lantern, I had a little Marvel Cosmic, I had a little X Men. Like it was all over it was little corners. You of, I was yeah, I was just sleeping with everybody. But um, at the, the poo-poo platter of books. Yes, exactly. At the end of the evening, the book that stood on top, I was surprised. Uh, honestly, it caught me by surprise. I was not expecting it to make it my pick, and it was um, Thunderbolts number 144, uh, written by Jeff Parker, <laughs> drawn by Kev Walker. The, the thing about Thunderbolts, and I talked about it in my review on iFanboy.com when I urge you to go read that, is that I, w- I don't think many people know this. Connor, you probably do, but I was a huge Thunderbolts fan. Like in 19, I do know this. 1998, 1999, 97, when the book first started, like they first got introduced in the pages of uh, Incredible Hulk and it was like, who's this new team? And it was like, they're all different looking characters and all that stuff. And I, Kurt Busiek and, and Mark Bagley teamed up and they wrote just a hell of a first arc. Like, Both you and Josh loved yeah, that book. Josh loved it. It was like it was one of the rare books that Josh and I like totally un, like no da- no no disagreement. We totally no agreed snarky yeah, comments, nothing, yeah. no backhanded yeah. comments. Yeah. Exactly. No you and, and prisoners. Yeah, <laughs> I know what is it that, but um, but yeah. So uh, the the premise of the Kurpusik book was that uh, was that uh, Baron Zemo was disguised himself as Citizen V, who was like a patriotic like character, and um, had put together this team of villains. And they were posing as heroes, and they were going to con everybody into trusting them and then take over the world. And it was such a great – like that initial premise and the mystery around who Citizen V was and then the reveal that it was Baron Zemo was, um, was so great, was so much fun. And even when – you know, you could see where that story would go a mile away, that all the villains – not all of them, but the majority of the villains were like, well, we kind of like being heroes, and they didn't want to be villains anymore. And that was the real crux of the story. And when that got tired, they got rid of Zemo, and they brought in Hawkeye, which made it even better. And it was a lot of fun for a good couple of years. But the Thunderbolts have, you know, in our decade at least here in the in the two thousands, the Thunderbolts the Thunderbolts have not seen good days. They've seen better no. days. It seems as if everybody was always trying to recapture whatever magic Kerpusik and, and later on Fabian Nicienza were doing with that book, with the whole idea like, hey, they're villains. 
but they're doing good stuff and uh, but they're working for us and like it just never worked um, and I really well, that was the entire last year of the Marvel Universe. Oh yeah, well true, yeah. And, and it's funny, I made the point in the review. It's like you know um, Warren Ellis's run on Thunderbolts um, was the was the run that introduced Norman Osborn as the leader of the Thunderbolts. The government hired Norman to to reform these prisoners. Never said why, by the way. If you go back and look at it, there was no justification for that decision. As far as I know, he's a CEO. He's like a business guy. Why would he be running a military ops team? But anyway, um, but and it was that it was that character move that that inspired. Inspired Bendis and the rest of them to do Dark Reign. I mean, Bendis has said that he said on, on Word Balloon recently. He said that that Warren Ellis's run on Thunderbolts was what inspired the whole, you know, Norman taking over and all that sort of stuff. So you got Warren Ellis to blame for the past two years. That was the only prior to this issue. That was the only time I've ever read Thunderbolts. Oh, I've really? Never read, yeah. never read any other. And that was all right, but still, it lacked something for me. It lacked, yeah, it it lacked, yeah, it lacked some sort of vitality. Like some sort of it lacked. You know what it lacked? It lacked Baron Zemo. I'll tell you, that's what it lacked. <laughs> um, but so so now here we are with with Thunderbolts one forty four. And it's the first issue in the with the heroic age banner, and it's the new status quo for the book. And now um, Steve Rogers, who's you know running, they they haven't named his organization, have they? He's just running the national security. It yeah, says yeah, just open. running national security. He um, turns to Luke Cage, who was once uh, imprisoned, uh, falsely accused by the way, but still he served time. Was once imprisoned and says, Luke, you know, listen, I need you to go to the raft. Um, which is the big maximum security prison that has all the villains, and put together a new team of Thunderbolts and ask him to lead the Thunderbolts program with some reformed villains. And when I read about it, I'm like, oh, Luke Cage, Thunderbolts, whatever, you know. But I read it, and there was a couple of things right out of the gate that, that they did right with this book. As soon as he arrives on the raft, he sees um, Fixer, who was Techno on the Thunderbolts. And I was like, oh, it's one of the original Thunderbolts. And then I, that's when I realized that, like, wait a minute, this might be – Jeff Parker might, be, might get it. And this issue is really uh, kind of a putting the team together issue. Which are great issues. Which are great – yeah, which I love these issues. And you've got – so you've got Luke Cage going to each member of the team, recruiting them. You see some flashbacks of discussions about the team members. But we see it's a mix of original Thunderbolts, including The Fixer, Moonstone, Songbird, and Mach uh, – who originally Mach 1, now Mach 5, who – those were my favorite characters out of all. I didn't really care for Atlas that much and, and things like that. But – um so you got a mix of original Thunderbolts. Um, he pulled in Ghost from the recent Thunderbolts team, which was the only character that I thought was compelling out of the most recent Thunderbolts, as well as the Juggernaut, which I thought was great, um, and a, a throwaway reference to why the Juggernaut was in the raft, because he was put in there after his run-in with Spider-Man in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man, which yes. is awesome. And they also add to the team uh, Man-Thing, which I did not see coming at all um and, and his sad his sad creepy eyes his sad soul staring into your soul eyes and it was this great putting the team together story um that really just was so much fun to read on top of the fact that uh kev walker's art is amazing it reminded me of jim chung a lot i could see that i could see that um mm-hmm. not, i really like not not as not as clean as jim chung but i no, see no. i see what you mean it's yeah stylistically um, it's very similar yeah and kev walker uh, uh our british listeners will probably recognize him from the from 2000 ad um and he did some stuff for the warhammer series in, in the uk he's i mean he's a pro he's been doing this for 20 plus years he's been working since the 80s and just like his the man thing pages in, in particular looked great um they look so good oh they also had a crossbones the guy who shot captain america um, it was a bit of a stretch, but we can go with it. I'll, I'll run with it. Yeah. But um, so it was just a great getting the team back together. And really, it wasn't until the last page. The last page is what sold it for me. Because, like I said, I didn't spoil it in the review, but I'll spoil it here because we warned you. You know, the, so the team gets together, they're going to go train. And then all of a sudden, a ship comes up out of the water, and the door opens, and it's Baron Zemo who's, who says, Come with me. You're my team. 
<laughs> and and I laughed. And I love Baron Zemo as a character and haven't seen him for years. And what makes Thunderbolts great is Baron Zemo. And so kudos to Jeff Parker for getting it right. So It, you know. it would be kind of amazing if Luke Cage never showed up again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, like I, totally want this, I totally want this to be like the... Um, it's a total bait and switch. Exactly. Yeah. It's like Psycho. Yeah, and the thing is, I don't know what's going to happen <laughs> in the next issue. Like, it could be. That could, that could be what happened. I hope that is what happened. Um, it's funny. I had, I had no plans to buy this. I was going to stick with Avengers and Secret Avengers and New Avengers, and that would be it. But the preview sold it yeah. last week. And I, so I picked this up. I really like this a lot. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I, I, ha- I had to see how Man-Thing would fit into this. Because when they started releasing the character, you know, the rosters, I was, I was how does Man-Thing fit in there? And he's their vehicle, basically. Yeah, he's their, their teleporter. He's their transport. Yeah. So, so that they ride him or... <laughs> Do you like Falcor? Like, they get on him like a big elephant. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I mean, it genius move of adding in Man Thing and taking a throwaway little reference to something that happened in the previous pages of the Thunderbolts during the Norman reign and making it actually worthy is it was just great. It was a lot of fun. So um, yeah, so I'm on board for the Thunderbolts again. Ten ten plus years later, let's hope that it that it, it continues a, as good of a run as it originally did. It was a strong book. It was. It was a strong book. Um, what was also a strong book, though, for me at least, was the was the th- the, the Thanos imperative ignition one shot by Abnett and Lanning. Um, yes, this is the prelude to the Thanos imperative story, right? Yeah, exactly. And everybody was worried because they they put Guardians of the Galaxy and Nova on hiatus for this summer while this Thanos imperative thing happens. And I think I've heard a lot of people. I know Josh is one of them. Was like, oh well, that's it. It's over. They're going to get canceled. I don't think they're going to get canceled. Because this book, at least to me, combined what's good about both of those books. Like, this just felt like another issue of Guardians of the Galaxy, Mm -hmm. to me at least. Mm -hmm. I think that Abnett and Lanning have a plan, or at least I hope they do, and I don't think the cosmic universe is going anywhere. Who knows what's going to happen after this story? But, I mean, after reading this issue, I'm on board for this whole storyline, for this event. Like, this is. What is the story of the Thanos Imperative, then? Thanos is back. Thanos is back, and so is. Captain Marvel. Yep, Captain Marvel's back. Um, we don't know how or why or from when or whatever, but Captain Marvel is aligned with um, Ma- uh, Magus or formerly Adam Warlock, as well evil as Adam Warlock, a- a- as well as uh, Evil Quasar. It, it, I love that he's just called Evil Quasar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the character bio on the back. He's yeah. just Evil Quasar. <laughs> and I mean, and essentially, it's you know everything that's been happening in the pages of Guardian of the Galaxy and, and Nova and all the um, War of the Kings and all that sort of stuff is all coming to a head here. And like, there's this rift in space, and all these evil forces are amassing. And now Thanos has returned, and and you know, and Guardians of the Galaxy and Nova are being positioned to protect the the universe. And so it, it's it definitely has got the the makings of a great summer sci-fi extravaganza. I did. It, yeah, it feels really big. Yes. You know? Yeah, um, and I, I recently caught up on Guardians of the Galaxy, which I love a lot. That's that's probably my favorite ongoing team book right now. Yeah. Even though the team is constantly changing, but there's so many just huge, like big ideas, and and uh, I, I love Infinity Gauntlet. I love that story. I love Thanos. So I was really excited for this event. Um, I ha- like I know basically half of what's going on. There's a lot of stuff in here that makes absolutely no sense to me, but I'm cool with that. Yeah, but the thing is, the way Abnett Landing write it is that you don't yes. need to know, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like with with like ER or West Wing, like they write it so that there's like really high minded medical stuff or like legislative stuff, but they write it in such a way that it's just the characters that matter. Yep. So you you just need to get you know, those relationships and it's not so much all the, the minutia involved, but yeah. this is a lot of fun. Yeah. And you get the gist of what's happening and what the important things are and all that sort of stuff. Um, a lot of characters in it. Um, I got to admit, I didn't love, um, Brad Walker's art though. 
I thought that like when he draws Thanos, that one the one page kind of recapping Thanos' life where they showed like him with the cosmic cube and him with the Infinity Gauntlet was great. There's some really good pages in here. Draw, him drawing aliens is strong, but every yeah. time he drew people, I winced. I was like, oh, like the couple, like the way he draws Nova, I just don't like, and the way he draws like people's faces mm. and things like that, I wasn't a fan of. Which is weird because he can draw aliens like like he draws things that aren't real. Great. Which I don't know what that means. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Nova, there have been three major Avengers relaunches in the last two weeks: uh, Avengers, Secret Avengers, and Thunderbolts. And I've given five stars to all three books. I've loved all three books, but I think Secret Avengers was my favorite of the three. Secret Avengers I was think, good. It was really good. Um, I think it was. I think it was everything that I was looking for in Avengers, but didn't get. It was. It was action packed, and it, and it had a, a mix of great characters. I mean, I think I think one of the reasons why Avengers was a little bit of letdown is because it was the same team. This is a whole new thing. I loved seeing Beast back with the Avengers. Yep, yep. He just feels right. You know, my entire childhood, he was a, he was an Avenger, not an X Men. Um, so for me, it just feels it feels good that he's there. I just love this. I love this weirdo team. I mean, this is a weird team. Yep. But it's the but it's yeah. awesome. My, Moon Knight's weird. Nova is unusual. And I love the fact that they got Nova on the team. That means they're going to Mars. Yeah, I know. It's it's, like, it's this, is, this was totally unexpected. It definitely yeah. like when when you know Secret Avengers were going to be like the Shadow Team or whatever it was. I, I thought it was going to be a way more espionage than it was. But the the throw in the space aspect and like the big kind of scope and it was good. I I kind of would have liked this spread over maybe two issues because they're so diverse. The characters like I, I would have liked you know Moon Knight and, and Ant Man. Like they didn't really fit in the issue so well. I, I don't think. Um, it was just sort of to introduce the characters, and it it just kind of felt like a tangent. So I would have liked to to see this like stretched out over over two issues or so, just because there's there's so many different characters, um, and, uh, and I and I didn't really love the Diodato art. Yeah, um, well, that was gonna say that's my the one yeah. thing that that took it away from me was that I do not I don't like Diodato. That's where I'm at right now with it. And, just it's very muddy and yeah, you know, which I guess really makes makes sense for you know an espionage team, but. Yeah, a little, little thick, I guess. I wasn't a I think, fan. I wasn't a fan of it at all. Yeah. I think of all the three books, this is the one I'm most looking forward to. Continuing, like I, I was really, I think a lot of people were on the fence about this one because yeah. Brubaker's been in, he's been in, a, he's been in a bit of a slide last last year or so. Yeah, there's no way around it. Diodato is not really our favorite, but going into this, when I finished this one, I was most looking forward to reading the next chapter of all the three books. This and is just, it's got your favorite uh, new costume for Steve Rogers very prominently, Citizen V. <laughs> no, we call him um, uh, Fighting American. That's what he is. Not Fighting not, American. Not Fighting American. Yeah, I loved um, Be- uh, Beast's costume with the A worked into it. Now, yeah, that was cool. Well, the funny thing about Steve Rogers' costume is that he gives this whole long speech about how they have to be secret in the shadows, and he's standing there just as ma- he's got no mask on. Yeah, with this huge white star. <laughs> Everybody knows who yeah. he is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he doesn't have a secret identity, so everyone knows who Steve Rogers is. But yeah. I loved it. I loved. It. I loved it a lot. Yeah. Now it was good. Justice League: The Rise of Arsenal, number three. Uh, Ooh, I, I've got a feeling I've missed out. I missed out by not picking this up. Well, let me let me tell you what we, we've done to get to this point. We, you ready to call, Ron? You you read the first two issues, so Ron, you yep. know that Roy Harper, Arsenal, former Speedy, former heroin addict. Yep. His daughter was killed in the big fight. Uh, Prometheus destroyed the city, and uh, so then, as a result of the pain of his daughter's death, he's gone back on drugs. Right. Okay. So that's how that's the point we're at now. Okay. And Paul, you read this, correct? I, I read the first two. You didn't read this one? No. Okay, so, perfect. This issue opens up with Roy fighting his ex-wife, the mother of his daughter who's dead. Cheshire, they're fighting right. Cheshire Jade. Yeah. What, she's got many Cheshire, names. Cheshire. Yeah. Cheshire, right. So they're fighting, and, and he's, he's hitting her with an with extension cord. 
and tennis racket, and a, he staples her a couple times with a stapler. <laughs> really? Uh, yes. Backyard wrestling. So, you know, and as as often leads to these things when you when you have a daughter who's been murdered, and you're you're a superhero fighting a supervillain, is the fighting leads to sex. Oh, of course, of course. Except the fact he couldn't get it up. Oh my god! Was this so, marked as mature readers? No. Within oh. the first four pages, we deal with impotence issues. Very, how do, how very, do they refer yeah. to that? Yeah. How they well they start kissing, they move to the bedroom, and then the next page we turn. She's on, they're on the couch, and there's a there's an, a page with no dialogue. And then she says, "It's okay, Roy. <laughs> with everything swirling around in your head, it's no surprise you weren't able to dot dot dot." perform oh my god you're kidding me and then, no. maybe maybe it was all the staples he put in her face it could be he, um oh, oh my god so if the four pages are dealing with superhero impotence so then four pages he goes out on, on patrol and he's he's really being you know overly uh harmful and he's beating up criminals and really badly and he sees a drug deal going down so he swoops down not to stop the drug deal but to score oh nice to get in on the action he drives the customers away and the guy's like all right i'll stop drug, drug dealing so, no 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 I'm looking to score. <laughs> Does he say that? Yes. I'm looking to score. It's a dialogue. You holding? So, you holding? So that's not the best part. He, he's, he, he scores. He turned the page to a two-page spread of Roy freebasing in an alley. I saw this panel. He's freebasing off of an iPad, right? It looks something like an iPad. What? <laughs> in an alleyway with other guys freebasing in the background. This is a two-page spread. This is Justice League, The Rise of Arsenal. <laughs> Well, you know, they've got to tear him down before they can build him back up. <laughs> so then the next page, he's hallucinating his daughter is, is talking to him. And suddenly he's attacked by an army of Promethean or Promethei. Okay. You know, a bunch of guys look like Prometheus. And he starts beating them up and stabbing them and hurting them really badly. And then we, 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 we pull back to see he's been hallucinating. He just killed a bunch of bums <laughs> with a cat. A cat? With the, like swinging the tail around like. Well, we don't. We didn't see that because that was hallucination. But we see him holding the cat as if it was the weapon he was holding in his hallucination. <laughs> How do you kill somebody with a cat? I don't know. He's Arsenal. He can do any we- anything as a weapon in his hand. How did this get published? <laughs> I don't know. Like seriously, was it was the Dio? Like was he? Did he go on vacation? And then they were just like, yeah, just let it go through. Like, how does this get approved? I don't know. And so then, so then he's confronted by Dick Grayson as Batman, and he says, you know, you've got a problem. So they have to fight, of course, because. Roy's still pissed, and Batman beats him up, and he, he takes him to a very um, quiet supervillain rehabilitation detox center. <laughs> so apparently this is a big problem. In every major city. <laughs> Betty Specialized Ford, in convicted Be- villains with substance abuse problems. The Betty Ford Super Clinic? Yes. And so he's now strapped down to a table, and he's detoxing, but now, in, in, previous to this, he'd been hallucinating his drug dealer and talking to him the entire time, and now he sees his dead daughter, oh. and now he's talking to her. This this was the most bizarre comic I've read in a while, and I just read Century Fallen Sun. Oh my god! That wasn't even bizarre. That was just bad. This was bizarre. That's so weird. There was impotence. There was free base. They should have crossed out the rise murder. on the cover. Yeah, well, and and, and this was not marked mature or anything. Like this is a superhero comic. Yes. That's weird. That's screwed up. It's just. It was just weird. I don't know what they're doing with. It. I, I I originally was all in favor of the storyline. I liked the idea of yeah. I remember we talked really about it. tearing down Roy because he'd been kind of become boring. But this is just bizarre. I'm not. I'm done with this. What is the? That's so weird. I'm so. Oh my god. How's the art? It was all right. I mean, it was. <laughs> it was. No, it wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was just. It was just. 
It was. Well, the page uh, spread of the freebasing was very detailed, though. Wow. Well, well, at least that was action that occurred in the comic, and it wasn't a comic about people telling you about things that you never saw that actually happened. No, no, I, so, that was worse. Yeah, yeah. This was just bizarre. I just I, I, every page I turned, I was like, "What is going to happen next?" Well, that's that's kind of fun when you read your comic, the unexpectedness or whatever. But I gotta say, the, the it kind of flies in the face of the whole wholesome DC primary color universe, doesn't it? Listen, anytime you can beat a bunch of bumps to death with the cat, <laughs> the, the impotence and the cat. I don't know what is weirder. I can't believe there was impotence in a comic. Oh god, <laughs> I can't believe she said it's it's, it's all right. It's not your fault. It happens to everybody. <laughs> and he told her to shut up. <laughs> God. Maybe if you were hotter. <laughs> this is a bizarre comic. Oh, man. It's so weird. <laughs> you know what else is bizarre is Amazing Spider-Man 632. I used to hate Bocciolo. Yeah. Bocciolo. I love Bocciolo. Bocciolo. I love yeah. him, though. It's, ama- it's amazing. I, I agree. I'd, I'd take out Bizarre as I totally fucked up because this arc is messed up in a big way because he ate a kid. Yeah, it's it, so it's it's Amazing Spider-Man number six thirty-two. It's the third part of the Shed storyline, which is uh, got our friend Kirk Connors back into the mix, and Chris uh, Chris Bocciolo and Emma Rios have been sharing the pencil. Which I, honestly, I don't. The Emma, Emma Rios pages are no slouch either. She's good. She's really good. Yeah. So Kirk Connors is kind of the lizard power has taken over, and now he's totally a lizard now. Right. He has no control over the lizard. The lizard. Yeah. It's, the lizard is like taking like over the lizard brain. brain and the monkey brain, the mammal and the. The lizard side, and, and he and he ate his kid. That was so messed. The last issue where where Connors is aware while the lizard is eating his son. That, yeah. that was just uh, that. That's another one where I couldn't believe it was you know an all ages kind of comic. But that's a good point, actually. I kind of glossed right over that. But he ate his kid. Yeah, <laughs> that's screwed up. That's fucked up, dude. Although he's somewhat intact in this issue. Like I think he just ate his head because. <laughs> No, Spider-Man is standing over him, and like I was like it's expecting true. it to be like, yeah. this ass butt. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, so he only ate up a little bit. That, that page, that page where, where Spider-Man's crouched next to the body of the kid and Shed is written in the shadow, like that was, but, uh, and the, the, one, the one page uh, um, of Spider-Man looking at the, the lizard face-to-face with the white background. Yeah. Oh man, there's, there's some gorgeous pages. I, I love the two page spread of them fighting. Yeah, I mean, this yeah. this is a beautiful book. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are sort of talking about it's it's sometimes hard to get the storytelling in this. It's uh, with with the angles, but I think it really works for the lizard because it's like it's it's really close up and it's like he's he's moving around like a lizard does, and you know the thing that birds do when they move their heads around, like yeah. it's like that that just that weird animalistic kind of movement and stuff and it's it makes it creepier like that you can't see the whole frame yeah you just sort of see like really close up but yeah he evolved like a pokemon basically <laughs> and he's, got, he's got hair now yeah or frills it's it's creepy and the red eyes oh it's scary i mean honestly this this was this was scary to read this was like it was almost yeah. a horror comic you know it, yeah. it reminded honestly it reminded me of the mcfarlane torment storyline in, in adjectiveless spider-man with which was the lizard as well because i remember reading that in like 1990 or 91 and feeling like scared because it was so brutal and it was so you know like like and the lizard should be like yeah. the lizard sort of like i always thought he was a little lame like he was just a guy in a lab coat and yeah. purple <laughs> pants or whatever but like Ew. They make them really scary. Yeah, yeah. Because well, lizards, lizards are scary. You know, if you look at any of those reptiles, you look at those uh, unblinking crocodile. You know, Ugh. you just yeah. you know they're taking something bad. Yeah. This is like if if somebody asks, like you know, I want I want a really cool lizard story. People are going to be pointing to this because this is sort of like the Craven's last hunt for the lizard. Yeah. Like yeah. it's it's a great character arc. Yeah. 
Um, so. And, and real, real quick before we move on, um, uh, the, there was also the Amazing Spider-Man Annual came out this week, and it had a uh, backup uh, Untold Tales of Spider-Man by Kurt Busiek and Pat Olaf, which is one of my favorite all-time series from the 90s. So it was good to see a new story from them. I love that. The yeah. annual was great. The annual was really good. The annual was had two awesome. great stories. I yeah. li- it was nice to see that return to that, that yeah. era. Yeah, I like sweater now, vest wearing Peter Parker. Now that Kurt Busiek's been freed from his DC exile. <laughs> well, as long as he doesn't bring his fascination with cosmic old beings. Yeah, no, that, that's DC concepts. He's the Marvel. He's all about the Silver Age. <laughs> fantastic, because he he was going in weird places with uh, his DC stuff. But if any of this sounds good to you, you can go to InStockTrades.com. That's where you can find all kinds of trade paperbacks, big savings, up to 37% off. You can get free shipping and orders over $50. With over 9,000 trade paperbacks in stock and available for order, with new releases listed every Wednesday and order shipping within 48 hours of your purchase, you can find it all at www.instocktrades.com. Now, I didn't get to talk about Return of Bruce Wayne number one because I was away. Do you like it? This, this is number two. I really love the idea of a time-traveling, swashbuckling Batman. This is totally up my alley. It's, it's the kind of goofy fun that is often missing from comics these days. Everything's so deadly mm-hmm. serious. Yep. And the idea that he is bouncing through time and, you know, in the first one, it's a caveman. This, this one, he's a he's a witch hunting pilgrim, and the next one, he's going to be a pirate. Right? That's the next one. Yep, it's totally fun. I totally love the idea. It's, it's, like it, it's a Leap. solid four star. It book. is like Quantum Leap. I was going to say, like, yeah. we we made a lot of like the Cap when Captain America Reborn happened. We made a lot of um, lost and lost jokes and um, and Slaughterhouse Five references stuff like that. This is Quantum Leap. Yes, uh, and that that I'm glad you said that, Paul, because I thought I had the it's, same it's thought. Ver- it's really crazy, like 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 you said, Connor. But it's also it's really cerebral too, especially this issue. Oh, totally. Yeah. I well, my, my only thing with this issue was that I spent. I love the Fraser Irving art, by the way. I, yeah. I thought, the, the, the thing gorgeous. the thing about these past two, two issues, the Chris Sprouse art in the first one, and the Fraser Irving this has been great. My only problem with this one is that I spent the majority of the book not knowing who was Batman. I, yeah, I agree with that. They, yeah. The two guys looked very similar. Yeah. That was my. I, I would have liked the little bat symbol on the hat, like like uh, Andy Kubert has drawn on the cover here. But you know, <laughs> he could have carved up another bat and put it on his head, like in the last issue. Yeah, exactly. But in this issue, we find out there's a lot more going on. It's not just Batman bouncing around through time. The dark side's made him into a time bomb, and if he, if he returns home, he destroys the time stream. So this just that's why the Justice League is chasing him to stop him from returning home. Yeah. But of course, he's being Batman. He's already figured out a way around that. But they don't know that. So there's all kinds of things going on. Which is really handled really well, I thought. I love yeah, I, I love Superman and Booster and Green Lantern and Rip talking to at the end of time talking to that computer. That that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's going to be there's they're going to be a Time Warriors series, which I almost feel like they don't need that. Like because it's really cool the way it is in here. Yeah. Where it's like okay, Superman and, and Booster are going and looking for Batman, and so that makes sense. And it's just it's a mystery, and they're they're trying to find him. And I gasped out loud when I saw that it was Batman was the the gatekeeper or whatever it was. Yeah. I can't wait for the next issue. The uh, the the pirate one should be good. Who's drawing it? Is it Fraser? Yar. Is it Fraser Irving again or no? Is somebody else? It's a different somebody artist else. ever book, right? Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. Good times. Good times. So, um, uh, Second Coming continues with uh, in the X Men books with X Force number twenty seven, which you know, Second Coming. This has been honestly, this has been really good. This has just been really, really good. Um, Interesting. I've heard a lot of people say that the, it's really hit a lull since the death. Well, no. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, because the, the story's moving. I mean, it's a long. I mean, maybe because I'm I'm used to these long epics. <laughs> but we're about we're more than halfway through. So I mean, it's not really you know I don't really see it as lulling. It's it's you know we're moving into we're we're gearing up for Act Three basically. But Mike Choi uh, did the art on this one, and I, I've been you know critical of his work because I don't really like the overly computerly rendered whatever. But the first half of this book is just a silent fight on the Golden Gate Bridge. 
you know, with just various panels of the fight and like no words or anything. And it was really well done. It was really, I, you got the flow of the fight and, and you got the, you felt the, the sense of um, loss and the people who got hurt and you saw, you could clearly see what was happening and it, it was just, you know, and, and shit, shit's getting crazy in the X-Men world and uh, I'm loving it. I'm eating up with a spoon. I mean, so the X-Force team along with Cable and Wolverine and all them are now going into the future on a one-way trip to try to stop the Sentinels from coming from the future. Throw in Sentinels, X-Men, time travel, and you've got me. Awesome. Good times. I'm loving it. You know, the pro for the Fantastic Four 579 was Dick Reed. Yes. That was awesome. You know what the con was? I, I, I'm probably going to agree with you, but go ahead. Neil Edwards. Yes. <laughs> I open this up because I see the Alan Davis cover. I'm like, oh, yay. And the, yeah. the quote above it, the future, of man is not, the future of man is not here. It's out there, which is awesome. And I turn the page. I see this really recap page. And for some reason, the first page, I'm like, I'm like oh, okay. Eagle Shim's taking a little loose. <laughs> and, and then and then I quickly realized that oh this guy's just trying to be Brian Hitch and then by the end of the book I was like I really wish the art was better. Well, the last time he did the book, Reed had that weird stubble. Yeah. So he looked like Tom Hanks in Philadelphia. <laughs> so, this is this is an improvement over that. Yeah. But I love the story in this. Yeah, the story is great. Yeah. So. I love the idea of him breaking off from the old scientists and forming his own new cabal of child scientists because yep. get new ideas. That was genius. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, I just wish the art was better. I think you know we. There's supposed to be a high-profile artist coming. We heard rumors about who that may be. We're not going to say because they're only rumors. Hey, but uh, I'd like them to hurry up and get here. Yeah. If the rumor is true, I believe you're going to be happy. The, I thought this is interesting because this issue didn't have the uh, Dragnet recap at the end of it. Well, because that storyline's <laughs> over, isn't it? Right. Yeah, it is. Before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I did like uh, Franklin fighting Artie and Leech, Ninja, Ninja Artie and Leech. That was funny. Um, you yeah, know, I mean, it was a good. I mean, it's good. I'm still liking what Hickman's doing. It just the art was just. Uh, yeah, I, I love Hickman's take on Reed too. Like yeah. about science and progress and everything. It's it's really inspiring and that's it's yeah. uh, it's a fantastic four. I like a lot. Yep. Yes. Me too. Now, Ron, if I had to place a bet before the week. What was going to be your pick of the week? I would have put money down on Dazzler number one. <laughs> Dazzler number one was a, was a contender. It was a contender. Uh, Jim McCann finally got to write Dazzler, one of his favorite characters. And um, it was a great little one-shot that really kind of rounded out the, you know, Allison Blair character. And it, the only problem is that it was ne- it was an aftermath of Necrotia, which has been over for months. So, like, I almost feel like this should have come out two months ago. So like Spider-Woman. Yeah, exactly. It felt a little late in terms of that, but that's not their fault. It's, you know, that's just scheduling. It, I just think it's funny to see how... Um, like J- McCann made so many digs at the short pink hair version of Dazzler that was in Excalibur a couple of years ago, which is like kind of funny. But it was just kind of a re a resetting of the character, which I thought was good. The backup story, though, the art on the backup story, the, another case of um, like when I read uh, Forgetless and I discovered Marley Zarconi, um, mm-hmm. Francesca Sarigia, whatever her name is. This girl, this girl can draw. Like the the art in the in the backup and and the the smaller story at the end of it was really good. Like I want more by her. So um so keep an eye out for Francesca Sariga. Not awesome. to say that the art uh, of um Kalman, Kalman Androfsky. Wow, hard names and Ra- <laughs> and Raymond Perez in, in the in the main book was was bad. That was good too. But I the the second story I was like I want more of this. So yeah, good times. Yeah. Dazzler's got to be tricky because you got to keep her current, and that's almost impossible. J- pop J- music, you know. Well, no, no, it's not. I, I mean, she's, she's formerly in, in disco land, but you can update that. Well, no, pop. no. I mean that that no, no. It, the thing is that like she started in disco, and like in here he goes to the well by having her get captured by Arcade, and Arcade makes her wear the disco outfit. But the thing was like in the '80s, she was in Lila Cheney's band, which was like a rock band. Like she like she's evolved with the music, and it can be it takes a good writer to, to use her powers that tying in music 
music and turning sound into light. That's all it is. She's she, like Madonna. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Okay. She evolves okay, into cool. times. Um, Choker number three, I thought was it was the best issue since the first one. It was better than the second one. I don't know. I liked it. It was good, but yeah. it was the problem with it was it had been so long. They talked about they talked about it in the back about how the delays happened. Yeah. And shocking when they go on a national tour. Yeah, they, it looks like they had, they had a great time. They had a great time not doing the comic. I know. And they showed all the pictures of stuff yeah. they were doing instead of making a comic. <laughs> um, it just took me forever to get back into the story and the characters. It took me forever to realize that the beginning was a flashback, yeah. and it was the main character in his younger days. It just, it just, it hurt. Yeah. It just hurt. But once I got back into it and realized what was going on, I really enjoyed it. So it's just a matter of it took half the book to to get back up to speed. Yeah. But the art looked good. Yeah, I like the, the I art. Like seeing more about the now you know how the main character got to where he was, and that made it more interesting, and that was good. I re- yeah, I, the art was great, and I really liked the flashback, and I really liked the um, the the kind of the origin of of Johnny and understanding him better as a character. And I also like poor Ben McCool's face uh, photo while he's getting a tattoo done. It was funny. <laughs> kind of funny. But yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. I can attest they had fun at those parties. I was at one of them. Yes, yeah. I was, I was looking for your picture. Not making the comic. Yeah, not making the comic. <laughs> Still not drawing the comic. Sorry. <laughs> but we're flipping, yeah. off, we're flipping off the camera and none of you know it. <laughs> That's what I like too. <laughs> and uh, really quickly, I just wanted to mention uh, something fun. I found Mystery Society number one. It's, uh, I have a review on the site. It's a new series, new number one. I assume it's an ongoing from IDW by Steve Niles with art by Fiona Staples, covers by Ashley Wood, and uh, it is stupid pretty. Like, it is just really, really good looking. And, How is the story? Because I, I, I find with Steve Niles, I've never really been into his stories. He does a really good job of teaming with really good artists. Like, he did Ben Templesmith with, with Third Days of Night and... Mm-hmm. Uh, Really good guy on on that the DC book. I forgot the name of it already. That wasn't very good, but the art was great. And this one, so I, I feel like he does a really good job of getting a really good artist. But I've never really well, liked it's, this. It's early yet, and this is sort of a getting the team together issue. A lot of that going on this week, but it's sort of like if you like BPRD or Proof for all those paranormal ones. It's a team like that, and it's not fully formed yet. It's uh, basically it starts with a sort of a flash forward where uh, Nick Mystery is going into he's being processed in prison and he's sort of a celebrity um and he's basically telling the story of how he and his glamorous wife have uh, made up this paranormal investigation team the mystery society and uh then it, it's it's a flashback to uh how they sort of all got together and he's breaking into area 51 and he's got a, like a cool gadgety suit and uh he's he deals with a bunch of these really cool looking robots and uh, he ends up breaking these twin girls out of, like, a Bacta tank. And they're like those, um, the Shining twins where they hold hands and they have, like, psychic powers. And uh, at the end of the issue, uh, they're about to take down this big robot. And there's all kinds of stuff going on. The script is really good. And uh, I'm sort of excited to see where it goes. Uh, it's just it's an interesting sort of team. And um, I'm not sure exactly what it's all going to be about. But uh, I loved everything about this issue. So. Well, that sounds interesting. I might check it out yeah. now, that, now that you explained it. Yeah. All right. It's sort you of it's, it's a, this glamorous couple. Uh, they're very like sort of wealthy and fabulous, and they have their own super team. And they're sort of like it's like Nick and Nora, just a very cool couple. And uh, they're superheroes and in love, and it's it's fun. So uh, those are the comics that we uh, that we read this week and um, and enjoyed and might not have enjoyed as much, but uh, you all read a bunch more. So Paul, why don't you lead us off with the user, the first user review? Sure. Silver Age Tom read Power Girl number twelve. He gave the story a five out of five and the art a five out of five as well. 
uh, pick of the week uh, percent is 40.2%. And uh, he says, farewell, Jimmy Palmiotti, Justin Gray, and Amanda Connor. This issue was a fond farewell to this team and wraps up all the loose ends from the previous 11 issues. There are no major battles or super showdowns. This is an issue about the people Karen Starr is connected with, both good and evil, over the course of the run. It was fun to see Terra's subterranean world again, and Groovicus' return made me smile. Aside from the art, which, as all of Amanda's work, was stunning. Palmiotti and Gray have delivered a light, fluffy comic that resonates. And uh, I think we should all have a moment of silence for the death of fun, because this was a lot of <laughs> the death this of was fun. A lot of, this was a lot of Wait, fun. Did Josh come back? <laughs> no, I, I love this book, Connor. I know you love yes. this book as well. Oh, I love and, this book more than I love you, Paul. <laughs> well, okay. And I, I will defend this this book to my death as I did when I reviewed the first trade. But it's it is not just because she's got big boobs, it is not mindless and stupid. It is a fun book, really smartly written, and uh I'm gonna I'm gonna miss this team working on it because this was really something special. Now I wasn't reading this at all, but I, I picked up the first issue and I went, eh, not for me. Um mm. but I had the trade paperback forced upon me by my local shop owner. Mm-hmm. And I read the first trade, and after hearing everything you guys have talked about it, I think that the trade was great. The series seems like it's great. It seems like it's a real character-defining moment. Mm-hmm. Like, this is now, like, they just def- redefined Power Girl. They almost broke her because now every time she appears in another book by another creative team, it's, it seems worthless. Yep, yep. She showed up briefly in another book I read this week. I don't remember which it was. It was Justice League last week. And, and, no, no, there was one this week. Oh, and, really? Um, and it just, she just seems wrong. Yeah. When she's not done by these people, it seems wrong. Like, everybody gives her this Wilson Phillips bowl cut haircut. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. And it just, it just, they've almost ruined her for everyone else. And this was a fantastic issue. It was a wrap-up issue. As you said, it touched upon all the ki- different characters and people that they've met across the, uh, you know, the 12-issue run. And it was really, really good. It was Justice League Generation Lost that she was in. Oh, okay. Um, oh, but, yeah, she uh, wasn't that. She wasn't that, yeah. Um, talk about f- how, second act, the, the team following this team, I feel bad for it's Winnick and a, yeah. and a new artist. Well, it's it's the really Generation Lost team. So, yeah. well, well, there you go. <laughs> the you writer, go. at least. Yay, Wilson Phillips. It's going to tie in a lot, too. But, oh. um, it, but uh, this is a great issue. This is a fantastic issue. Yeah, tied everything in. So when you get the, those two trades. You get um, a complete 12-issue story. You get a complete story. It's, yeah. Hopefully they do one trade of it and you just give that to somebody and say this that is would be awesome. Lovely. It's not going to happen, no. Wheel Hands reviewed Wolverine Weapon X number 13. Give a story of 4 out of 5. The art of 4 out of 5. And the pick of the week percentage among the user base was 0.21%. And Wheelhand says, if this review sounds overly sycophantic, it's because I feel that Wolverine has slowly become stale and somewhat dull over the years. Whether it's because he's outgrown his usefulness or due to overexposure, the old killer just hasn't excited like he used to. Aaron changes all that with his obvious love for the best there is. This title is breathing new life into a tired formula, and surprisingly, you don't hear much about it. The action is there, the humor is there, the balls are there. Weapon X might not be Shakespeare, but it's most certainly Wolverine. Now, here's a shocker for you guys. This is my pick of the week. Wow. Shocker. I love this storyline. This is great. It, this issue was great. I, I, I said it before. I'll say it again. Jason Aaron right now is writing the only Wolverine book worth reading. Mm. Yeah. It is action-packed. It was laugh-out-loud funny with the thing and Spider-Man. Oh, it was great. It was, there was a page it, between the two of them where they just – I laughed three or four times out loud reading the book. 
he nails Spider-Man. He nails Wolverine. He nails all of these characters. He loves these Marvel characters. You can tell. Well, it's funny because he's doing the astonishing book, so he's got he's getting a, into a groove of writing Spider-Man, Wolverine, and now throwing the thing. And like he and like he said to us when we interviewed him, he loves the thing and would love to write yeah. him and like all that stuff. So it's like it's good to see him because I think he gets at least for me he got stereotyped in the scalped kind oh, he gets of. He gets pigeonholed in that yeah, dark, exactly that world. dark gritty world. But he can do the superhero stuff. He's got the chops. Yeah, and I think Ron Garney should be—he should be made to draw every Marvel book. Yeah, Garney's great. I've loved Garney for so every long. Marvel book, yeah. every one. So good. He should draw <laughs> them all. It'll come out slowly, <laughs> but it'll be but good. It'll be worth it in the end. Yeah. Amanda Connor can draw all the DC books, and Ron Garney can draw all the Marvel books. Yes. Marvel it'll so. just be called the Marvel Book. <laughs> <laughs> it's got everything. It's an anthology. Yes. One one page per book. It, I just love Garney's art, and it's sad because he's leaving after this art. Oh no! Just Ooh. really bumps. He's half the fun of this book. Yeah. Oh, well, so um, go to ifanboy.com slash comics, and you can do your pull list, and you can rate your books and write your reviews, and maybe we'll get one on the show next week. If you like the show and if you like all of our other shows we do, you can help us out if you feel like it. If you're wondering how you can do that, you can do it in many ways. We appreciate the support. We do lots of free entertainment for you, and we hopefully make your comic experience better and more fun. So help us out if you can. How can you do that? Well, you click on the banners on the website. That's the easiest way. It requires very little effort. Check out the people who sponsor us. There's some really good people there. The uh, people who help the show out do it by buying banners. So they, they, they appreciate if you check them out. Um, you can, if you're an Amazon shopper, go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon. There you can find our Amazon page. If you click on the Powered by Amazon button, it takes you to the website. And anything you buy there is helps give you a little piece of. And no, no cost to you, no extra charges. We just Amazon loses a little bit and they give it to us. And we, we really we'll take appreciate it. that. <laughs> yeah, we'll take it. And a lot of people do that. We thank you, especially when around the holidays. We thank you. And I do it all the time whenever I buy from Amazon. Um, my UPS guy certainly knows how often that is. And uh, even better than that is you can buy some of our T-shirts. We still have the Fury Agent T-shirt. It's still available. There's still some left. There's a, even a handful of Battle Pug shirts left. And you can check that out at fanboy.com slash store. You can find our T-shirts there. And we'll be probably doing another creator T-shirt soon, right, Ron? Probably in the next few weeks. Hopefully, yeah. The next, yeah, with, before San Diego, I think we're going to announce yeah. it. Yeah. And then the, even the best way, if, you're really, if you really appreciate what we do and the entertainment we bring to you, you can become an iFanboy member. You can be, become a member at $4 a month or $42 a year. That gives you the prize pack, which is a sticker and some buttons and a comic book from our collection. Or you join the higher level, $10 a month, $100 a year. That gives you that prize pack plus a T-shirt, a member's T-shirt. So that's the best way to help us out. And if you're a member, you can be eligible for giveaways, which we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show. But if you've been paying attention, we, you know we do them all the time and give away some pretty cool stuff. So that's the way to become a, a member is, and help us out is to go to iPhone.com slash store. You'll find all the information there. Yes. So, um, and we're going to talk about the giveaways in a little bit. But first, we're going to do some emails for y'all. Daniel S. writes in and says, I used to collect oh, – this, this email is interesting. we got to analyze this one. Um, <laughs> I used to collect comics until such a time as my little brothers got a hold of them and ate them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know if that's a typo or what. Anyway, oh. Things like first run, first printings of The Death of Superman, the limited edition Superman wedding album, and I hope you guys are sitting down, cable issue number one. I've not had the heart to replace them. Are there any plans to put out the full catalog of books by Marvel and DC Comics out for their respective iPad apps? And I laughed. Well, first of all, <laughs> let's, 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 let's not even deal with the question first. Let's deal with the eating of the comics. Yes, exactly. <laughs> 
Don't get them on the iPad because then your brother's going to eat the iPad. It's <laughs> more expensive. I found it matter your lad. There's a couple of dimensions here that I found interesting. First off, the brother's eating the comics, which is uh, that that can't pass through their system very well. The ink on the paper and stuff that can't be good for them. Well, those comics are old. Those are newsprint. You yeah, probably true. Do that. Yeah, anyway. it's not the glossy paper. It's more anymore. pulpy, more pulpy, right? Um, yeah. But um, but what I found what I found fascinating by this is that like we all depending on when we grew up, like our perception of what the really good valuable comics were. We're like, because here I am, I'm laughing, I'm scoffing at him, you know, lamenting his loss of the death of Superman issue and the Superman wedding album and cable issue number one. Comics, which, by the way, I own. So, not like I'm absolved of this either. But, you know, I'm making fun of it saying, you know, they're not worth anything, whatever. But, like, if he wrote in saying, yeah, you know, the first appearance of Gambit and Uncanny X-Men 267, you know, like, and rattled off a bunch of books like that, I would have been like, oh, I feel so bad for you. So, yeah, so it's our our perspective, I guess. It's interesting. As far you know, as I can still vividly remember buying those Death Superman issues and oh, having, so to, yeah. having to wait in line outside the store in Queens. And not only that, but then the store charging them $10 for the issue the day they came out, which oh, had to be illegal. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, remember, my, I remember buying the wedding album and we were in college, Connor. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, my first time back into the comic shop as an adult, I bought three copies of uh, All-Star Batman and Robin number one. Thinking that it was this, it was this huge thing. Nice. <laughs> and you've retired on those now, right? That's what you're yes. speaking to us from your villa next to George Clooney. And, you, put, uh, you put your kid through college, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, oh, hey, I'm just waiting to cash in on my 25 copies of each cover of, of X Men number one. Oh, I have those. I don't have 25, but yeah. I have one of each of those. Oh, yeah, I, I bought 25 of each cover. It was um, yeah. Anyway, we should do it. We should do a. 90s mistake giveaway. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> I wish I, I wish you could have been some of those 90s books. I wish you could have been there in the comic book store in 1991 when I was making my order, and it was like, all right, yeah, yeah, I'll take I'll take 25 of each cover, and like the guy just like you know, ching, you know, like totally it was no no like listen, kid, you know, it's not you know, oh God, but anyway, so, so those, wait, so it was five covers, five covers times you had a hundred and I spent a lot of money on that. How much money did you spend? They were they were like what? They were a buck ninety nine a co- a comic, I think. I don't uh, think they were that much. Hundred, they're dollar dollar fifty, dollar seventy five, weren't they? Oh, now we got to look it up. But you you bought one hundred twenty five comics, right? Yeah, and, and they were spread out. They were spread out over the over the over the weeks. You they know. came out on the same day. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. That was that. That was the no. They didn't. That was the kicker. A new cover came out each week, and it led up to the gatefold cover that came out at the end of the month. There were four covers, and one came out each week. Same story. Same comic inside. <laughs> That's interesting. I remember I bought them in the summertime. We were out of town, so I probably just went. Oh no, because I remember it was during school. I bought them all at the same time. I remember. No, it was during. It was during. I bought them in Cape Cod in the summertime. No, it was during school because I remember vividly bringing them in, bringing them into school, and I had because I had I was showing them off. Oh, maybe it was the summer. Maybe you're right. I'm like because they're. Because they were. Oh no, they came out each month. There was each. Oh no, no, not each month. I'm sorry. They okay. So I'm looking at X Men number one. It was a dollar fifty, and it's the it was the cover is marked October, which means so three, they, months back. three months back. Yeah, you're right. It was the summer. You're right. Yep. All right. So a dollar fifty times twenty five. So each cover cost me thirty seven fifty times four. <laughs> so that was the regular covers cost me one hundred fifty dollars, but then the gatefold cover was more money because it was gatefold and it was printed on better paper. If we remember correctly, right? You're insane. I'm insane. I was like Where in are 80s these now. They're in my parents' house, I think. <laughs> They're insulating his parents' house. He doesn't know that, but they told me that. <laughs> oh, God. That was good times. Good times, indeed. Anyway, so uh, we're avoiding his question, though. Is, are there, <laughs> is Marvel or DC going to put out their entire catalogs on, a, on an app? 
Um, no. I think. Well, well, I don't know. Not, not, not anytime soon. That's the- not anytime soon. I think. I think Marvel wants to, but yeah. um, Mar- all of Marvel's comics aren't even on their digital. Like they haven't scanned them in yet. They're, 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 like, that's a lot of comics. DC needs an app before they could do that. <laughs> which you know, which is amusing. As they and and you know, this week there was amusing a lot, or, or sad. Yeah, well, there's a lot of discussion. Uh, actually, um, our buddy Augie over at Comic Book Resources wrote a very polarizing co- uh, column about digital comics. One of the main big points is that you know DC hasn't even gotten off the bench yet, and Marvel continues to play both sides from the middle with between the direct market and, and I think digital. The things you can you can count on. Yeah. You can count on them both screwing this up. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> At least in the beginning. Yeah, it's sad. They're not going to do it the right way. They're yeah. going to try to. They're going to. It's like they almost. It's like they all blacked out during the music period and don't realize fighting digital will just destroy your industry. It's fascinating. It's totally they're going to try to. They're going to try to survive and control digital, and it's not going to. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for writing in. Next email. Andy S from Maine. Unless this is really Josh. <laughs> It's in saying, I've been reading comics off and on my entire life, but just within the last five years gotten into DC. I've had little experience with the characters of Hawkman and Hawkgirl and find their paths very convoluted. Now with the deaths and return in Blackest Night, I expect them to be more prominent. I love the characters, but could you use some explanation in regards to their history? Could you help me out? No one can help you, Andy. <laughs> Not even Jeff Johns. <laughs> no one understands Hawkman and Hawkgirl. It's so damn convoluted. It's correct. Actually, if you go to fanboy.com, go to the podcast section, go to the mini section, I did a mini on Hawkman a couple of years ago yeah. where I briefly tried to unravel his, the problems with Hawkman. But it's really – he's had four different origins. He's, he's, he's been an alien. He's been a he's been an, uh, reincarnated Egyptian person. He's been just a guy who found an artifact and became Hawkman and wore fake wings. He's had real wings. It's been – and they can't seem to figure out what to do with him. And just, the history is, is too convoluted. That said, that said, I feel like what they're doing on Brightest Day is going to attempt to redefine them again. Because they're, they're doing a lot of history with them. I hope. Yeah, I think they are. So that's my yeah. gut. Go, my, go my read the Wikipedia be... page and you'll lose the feeling in your left hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's messed but, up. But they really, what they really need to do, and I, t- I said this in the mini, is they need to just say, here's Hawkman. Don't worry about anything else. Yeah. Forget about the past. We're not even going to deal with it. We're just going to go forward. But they keep trying to deal with it because that's what the fans that demand. The fa- and that's just insanity. Who so demanded it? There is a Jeff Johns Hawkman series, and Jeff Johns also scripted a Hawkman episode of either JLA or JLU, the cartoon. Yep. And it's and it focuses on the past, and it's, so it's one version of Hawkman. But yeah, and, Je- and Jeff's whole version, like the uh, Saint Rock, is the city he that loves he's Hawkman. from. And, uh, yeah, he loves Hawkman. So read but that. Even series. he couldn't fix yeah. Hawkman. Yeah. Oh God. So if you have, need more characters to be explained, email us at contact at ifanboy.com. That's contact at ifanboy.com. We'd love to hear from you when you're nice to us. Uh, <laughs> on to the voicemail. Our first voicemail's got a... <coughs> excuse me. first voicemail's got me all choked up. Yeah, hey, fanboy. This is Ron calling from Fraser, Michigan. Uh, question for you guys. What would you guys rather have of any of these superhero gadgets? So not like a superpower, but like, you know, the Batmobile or web shooters or uh, I guess Green Lantern Ring. It's kind of superpower, but it's still a gadget. So, all right. Love the show. See you guys. Bye. You know, when you make a list of gadgets and you include the Green Lantern ring, there's almost no point in listing anything else. Yeah, I, I feel like the Green Lantern ring is not a gadget. And it, it, but it trumps everything. I mean, it can do anything. You can fly into space with it. Yeah, it it trump, yeah no, let's, let's, it let's, eliminate, let, let's eliminate that. Let's keep earth, earthly gadgets. How about that? Okay, earthly gadgets. Well, what do you got? But, what, Paul? What? My answer, I, 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 my immediate answer, and I put this on my Christmas list every year, is a Legion flight ring. That's, but that's earthly. The, 
It's someone, earthly? Uh, somewhat. Who made the flight rings? That's from the, the future. Flight from the, future. the flight ring does one thing. The flight wing doesn't make, do everything. Yeah, like I feel like, I feel, I feel like the, the Green Lantern ring or the Infinity Gauntlet are kind of off the table. <laughs> yeah, with the Infinity Gauntlet. I wouldn't yeah. want the Infinity the, Gauntlet. Uh, the Ultimate Nullifier or the Cosmic Cube. I, I, yeah, I feel like those are off the table. Uh, and Paul, you're, you're limiting yourself if you don't want the Infinity Gauntlet. Come on. I don't want it. <laughs> too much. It's too much response. People be after me. Yeah. How else will you impress death, Paul? <laughs> when when they show Thanos and he's got de- the death skulls in his eyes, oh, that creeps me out. Anyway, um, so my pick for gadget that I would want is um, I would want an uh, an image inducer uh, that the X Men have. Ooh. Because then I could be thin. <laughs> <laughs> How does that even work? Because I have no idea. It's Shiar. Oh wait, it's not the Earthly. X- Oh, you're me by your own rules. Isn't Nick Fury has one of those. Yeah, no, well, Nick Fury's got... How about a, how about a life model decoy? I would like a, a lot of life model decoys. You could send one to work. Yeah. Send one to the gym. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I want Captain America's shield because apparently when you put it on, it does, all clothing hides it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It must be magical. It's collapsible, all right? <laughs> I want a man thing I could ride around on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, those are, those are all good ones. I like, or at the very least, you have you can take Hawkman's mace. Yeah, that'd be good. Or, or, his, or his flight belt, or whatever it is. The like, he doesn't actually have wings. Well, some do. That's yeah. we can't get back. Yeah, we're getting sucked into the void. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> so if you've got a question that's going to challenge us like that, call us on the voicemail line at one eight 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 fanboys. It's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. All right, let's wrap this sucker up. We got a whole bunch of other good podcasts for you to listen to. Just passed, we had a, a wonderful talk explode with Rick Remender. Um, over an hour of chaotic Rick. Um, he answered some of your questions, including Paul, one of your questions uh, from Twitter. Um, so go listen to that. You can find it on the feed, or you can find it on ifanboy.com, as well as to our to our companion sister podcast, the, Do- the ifanboy don't miss, which comes out every Monday. Subscribe to that if you haven't. It's a great short little fifteen minute uh, chat with a creator about a book. Uh, we talked to Chris Burnham last week about the uh, his work on the Armory Wars for uh, Boom Studios, and we've got somebody cool coming up for you this week. So tune in. You're not going to want to miss it. You got to find out on Monday to find out who it is. It's a secret surprise. Exactly. And additionally, if you go to ifanboy.com on Monday to find out who it is, you can find out all about our giveaways. We mentioned iFanboy members are eligible for giveaways, and we've geared up. We put up together some entertainment-based giveaways for you this June. We are going to be giving away uh, in the first two weeks of June to iFanboy members. We're going to give away four $25 Iron Man 2 uh, limited edition Fandango gift cards. So um, Fandango was kind enough to to give the to sponsor this giveaway because uh, they love iFanboy and all the people who buy their movie tickets from Fandango via iFanboy. Um, so four lucky winners will win a twenty five dollar uh, limited edition Iron Man gift card. You don't have to go see Iron Man with it. You can go see another movie with it. It just got Iron Man on the card. Am um, I eligible? No, you're not. Sorry. You know I still haven't seen Iron Man too. That's sad. It's sad. Well, I guess you were in, you were on vacation, so whatever. I was on so, vacation, then I uh, immediately hurt my back, and I had to cancel plans to go see. Are you it. going this weekend now, or? I don't know. Right. Now, now that it's so long, I feel like the the wait for off. wait for DVD. Honestly, wait for it. It wasn't that good. <laughs> anyway, so um, uh, in addition to that, uh, we are doing uh, one of my favorite comic books, Dynamo Five from Image Comics, is coming back. A new volume is starting up at the in, on June twenty third, I believe. And uh, and to celebrate this, we've teamed up with Image, and we are giving away two sets of the complete Dynamo Five trade paperback collection. So all four volumes. Plus, You're just giving them away. Giving them away. Plus, issue number one of the new series, and they're all signed by writer Jay Ferber, which is pretty cool. They're collectibles, so there you go. Am I so eligible how much is for cost? that? Um, Paul, you are not eligible, and Connor, it is free. 
Oh my God! So worst all, gig ever. So all you need to do is become an <laughs> iFanboy member by going to iFanboy.com/store. Become a member. You're eligible for the gift cards or the 915 giveaway. We're gonna announce the gift card winners on the show on this show in the um, in the first two weeks of June. We're gonna announce the winners of the Dynamo Five giveaway on the Don't Miss podcast with Jay Ferber on June 21st. So tune in then to find out if you win. Right now, Paul's thinking it was more profitable to be a iFanboy member than a staffer. Yes, it really is. It really is. Mm. You know what's even cooler, though, is that now, ever since we've been working with Graphically, I think we've rubbed off on them, Connor. Yes. Graphically is having a contest. Yes. Our friends at Graphically, the uh, company that acquired us, is having their own contest. They're having a Jonah Hex contest. And the, this, these will all be linked in the show notes, so you can go find the links there. It's a very cool too, context. They're contest. too long to, to list out, but it's the Jonah Hex contest. It's a design-your-own Jonah Hex movie poster contest. It's a movie mashup contest. Basically, the idea is you, you create a mini movie poster with Jonah Hex added to it. For, they have an example on the website. They have Jonah Hex and have Good, the Bad, the Ugly poster. So that's where you can go to find that out. The contest is going to be judged by Jonah Hex writers Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray. They're going to pick the winner of this contest. And what does the winner get? He gets a signed – he or she, I'm sorry. gets a signed copy of Jonah Hex No Way Back by Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray. That is the Jonah Hex original graphic novel that DC is putting out in conjunction with the movie. Which is very cool. I have an early copy of it. It's pretty awesome. So you can check it out. You also get five free comics from Graphically and some other prize signed goodies from Jimmy Palmiotti. So go to ifanboy.com, check the show notes for this. You're going to find the links to that contest. And the winner is going to be chosen on June 18th, and you have until June 16th to submit your contest entry. And I've seen some of the entries, and they're pretty badass. Yeah, so. there's, a, there's a Flickr group with all the entries in it. Yeah. So you can see your competition. There's a Sex, Lives, and Videotape one. There's a, there's a Sex in the City one. I yeah, see there's a Back to the Future one. There's, 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 a, a, there's a Dark Knight one. There's, it's going to be some, you know, some good Photoshop stuff going on there. So get in on the action. So. Yeah. Cool. So excellent. A um, lot of stuff to give away. It, it, it pays to be an iFanboy member. And we are going to do more as soon as we, as soon as we dig ourselves out of some of the stuff we've accumulated yes. and start putting together some packages. And go in the storage unit and create our 90s giveaway of shame, I think, is a good idea. Yeah, it's a great idea. All right, so go to ifanboy.com. You can check out Ron's Pick of the Week review. You can read all about why he loved Thunderbolts if you can, in case you didn't get enough in that first 10 minutes of the show. You can also see all the great articles. Paul's does lots of great blogging and lots of great stuff on iFanboy every, every day almost at this point, Paul. Just uh, chained to the of- desk. <laughs> I'm surprised we let you out for this long to do the show. Yeah. Uh, and you can go to fanboy.com slash about. You can find our social network links. You can be our friends on Facebook and Twitter and Goodreads and all kinds of places. And every week we do a video show in conjunction with this audio show. Last week we did an anthology episode where we talked about all kinds of things. This week is the Flash show. Yep. We uh, talk about the Flash and why he's awesome and why Ron loves him. He's the best. So he's another one of our creator, uh, not creator, but character spotlight shows. We're spotlighting on the Flash because he's got a new book and people are talking about him and why so uh, we thought it'd be a good time. Yeah, it's, it's always a good time for the Flash. You do the whole show running on treadmills. Yeah, <laughs> cosmic <laughs> treadmills. Um, <laughs> <laughs> At one point, I go back in time. I come back, and I'm 45 years old. <laughs> um, and you can, if you have any questions or suggestions for video shows or anything like that, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys. That's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. We always love to hear from you. And if you like what we do, go to iTunes and write a review. It helps spread the word and, and recommends the show to other people, as well as tell your friends, tell your comic book store, spread the word about iFanboy. Seriously. Lots of people read comic books, and there's still more people who don't listen to iFanboy, and we need you to help us get to them because we're a pyramid scheme. So <laughs> It's a Ponzi scheme. Yes, exactly. So uh, we, need to get, we need to get on this. So uh, please help spread the word. Paul, thank you for filling in for Josh. Um, I think we can all agree it was an improvement. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Although, uh, you know, you've never heard from you for a while, and yeah. we thought we'd give you a break from the writing. 
Thank you. Yeah. We'll get back to Purple it soon down here. Get back to yeah. it. But you be, I, well, you honestly, you've been riding up a storm, Paul. You're awesome. I, you, Thank you. you, you it's, I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah, you're, you're pushing the pixels. I like it. Yeah, so if you're a big fan of Paul's, check out FMW every day. He's got something going on almost every day of the week. And follow him on Twitter. He's a hoot. He's twitter.com slash fuzzy typewriter, right? That's right. All right. Excellent. All right. So until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Paul. I'm Connor. You're not used to going. I, you're not used to I going. I feel like right, I had so. to do Josh there. Yeah, no. You, you, <laughs> you, had, to, you had to take a, a long pause and then try to come up with something witty and funny to say. And then <laughs> act, act like you're sad to be here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> I have to go feed the baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know that there was pain, but you hold on for one more day.